Welcome to the first episode of The Colour Surgery, a show all about the power and use of colour in our workspaces and office environments. The show is brought to you um, as a collaboration between the Glass Whiteboard Company, uh, makers of the Bowlfish brand of whiteboards, and colour expert, Karen Huller. Hello. How's it going? Hello, hi there. Hello. Uh, right, so I'm your host, Liu Bachelor, and I'm the marketing manager at the Glass Whiteboard Company. As a specialist UK supplier of bespoke coloured whiteboards, we often get asked by both direct and contractor clients how they can best choose and implement the huge range of colour options we offer. We love to bring colour inspiration, creativity and productivity to office and workspace fit-out projects, which was why we decided to team up with Curran to find out and give you the lowdown on the questions, challenges and opportunities we most frequently get asked. Curran, thank you very much for joining us and can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a summary of what you actually do as a colour expert, please? Yes, so... Um... My area of expertise, or my, 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 the field I specialise in, is called Applied Colour Psychology. And that is looking at how colour influences how we think, how we feel and how we behave. Colour is something that um, is all around us all of the time. Uh, we don't realise that we're responding, reacting to colour that is around us all the time. We're only about 20% conscious of that. And my, uh, my love, my passion is how we can use colour for positive good, how we can use it in a more um, intelligent way and how we can use it in a way to create positive behaviour. So that's in the workplace, that's for wellbeing, for positive mental health. So I'm very much in how we can use colour in a, in, a, in a very supportive, positive way. Absolutely. Okay, this sounds really good. Um, and yeah, as it's our first episode, I thought it made sense that we focus on, like, like you said, the the basics and an introduction to colour psychology. So we're going to be running through, hopefully going to have more episodes where we can get much more in depth, but let's start with an overview. Um, can you kind of take us back a little bit and like, what is colour psychology in a bit more depth? So when we, so when I was saying that, um, you know, applied colour psychology is about how colour influences how we think, feel and behave. But if I go a step before that is when we see colour, what is happening is that it's coming into our eyes. We're taking wavelengths of light. I always say that before when we see, it's something that we, we, we see, but once it comes in through our eyes, it goes to the part of the brain, which is the hypothalamus. And that is the part of the brain where our emotions reside. So it's what governs our sleeping patterns, our, um, our behaviours, our, um, our appetite, our our moods, it, it, it governs all, all, all of that and more. And so this is why the, the different, when our eyes are converting these electrical impulses, these wavelengths of light, that's why we have different reactions, different responses to different colours. Okay, this is that, all... that's that's it very very high level and a really yeah. high level <laughs> So this already I'm going off um, off my questions because it's such an interesting topic like how how did you get into this? Like what, what was your background to allow you to kind of go because it's, it's that's already what you've said is so much more involved than Kind of I would have imagined how, how did you end up doing this? Yeah, it was one of these things that I, I didn't know what I was looking for right in fact I um, I was working in IT, so I was a web project manager, business analyst and working in networking during the day and I was doing 
creative work at night. So I was studying fashion design and I remember thinking I loved it, but this this wasn't what I wanted to do. This isn't, and I kept on saying this isn't it. And then I went and studied millinery and I thought, oh, here, I love this, I love this. And then I was putting, um, blocking a, um, a blue teal hat, was blocked in felt. And then I was putting on chocolate brown ribbons and big brown chocolate brown feathers. And right in front of the class, in front of everyone, I just went, oh, my God, it's colour. Now, I did not have an idea what that meant. So that was like my first sort of, you know, this sort of epiphany moment. Mm-hmm. And then for I don't know how many years after that, I went and learned after, under every colour teacher. I went to every colour training, like everything I could get my hands on. And all I kept on going, this isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't it. And then I um, moved over to the UK. So I'd done all my other training before in Australia and I moved over to the UK and it was like another weekend colour workshop and I thought, oh, I'll go to it. And then I just went, oh, my God, not only have I found what I'm looking for, but it actually has a name. So that's when I realised it was applied colour psychology that I was looking for because in all of my training beforehand, all they ever really taught was the colour wheel. And I kept on saying, it's colour's got to be more than this. You know, why is it that I like a colour one day, not the next? Why is it that people have these reactions, these responses to colour? Why is it that this is my favourite colour, but you don't like it? You know, there's all these quite seemingly high-level questions, but I couldn't just work it out just because a colour was complementary. Like, it's got to be much, much more. So that's Mm -hmm. why I went on that big journey, that big quest. Um, And probably because I was a business analyst, I am someone that has this ferocious need to understand. Uh, So that particular weekend, I asked, she ended up becoming my teacher, my mentor. Um, I asked her every question on the sun, drove her nuts, and then I went on to study under her for the next year. Yeah, I haven't looked back because I just just went, this, this really then opened it up to me about colour and human nature and human behaviour and how we're very, very closely linked to nature mm-hmm. and how different colour palettes have different reactions, different responses and different, you know, even different blues. They're all blues, but different blues react, react differently. So this to me is just, it's something that I will do for the rest of my life, right? It, I've not been bored of it for the last 15 years or so. So I'm going to keep going. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Brilliant. It sounds, sounds amazing. Sounds very cool. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned there about, you know, the, the emotional side and how, you know, not every blue will be the same. And can you give us a little bit more, you mentioned at the beginning, but about the effect on the emotions and how that all works? Yeah. So every colour has positive and adverse traits uh, a pure gray doesn't have any psychological positive but you know all the other colors there will be positive traits and adverse traits and depending on the context depending on how we're feeling depending on even down to the tint tone and shade of the color is to how we will react and respond so a really easy example to give that everyone gets is about the color red so when we think about words about red, there's about motivation, excitement, um, it's energy, it's, um, it's, it's, they're all physical stimulating words because red is the psychological primary that is 
it's all to do with the physical stimulating. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of brands that use red. There's lots of um, spaces that use red or, you know, when we see people with red clothing on, um, you know, that we, we always have a physical reaction, a, a stimulating physical reaction. It's about because it raises the pulse rate, you know, when they have boxes, when they have someone wearing red and someone wearing blue, the judges always perceive that the red boxer is moving faster. Wow. The whole physical. So there's loads of research. There's loads of like little antidotes. Of, uh, but likewise, we can also see red and feel angry feel anxious, get annoyed, you know, that saying, seeing red, that is also a part of red because they're also physically stimulating. Yeah. But it could be that you're in a room that just has a little bit of red and you feel quite energised, but it could be a room that has so much red that it, it's so overwhelming, your pulse rate is rising, and before you know it, you're getting annoyed and you're snapping at people. Okay, yeah. Because, because red is having this physical reaction. Yeah. It's like, you know, like I always say red in a children's bedroom is not the best idea because you're watching the child to sleep, but the colour is actually encouraging the child to stay motivated and to yep. still play. Okay. So it's the, you know, the context, it's the tone of colour, it's how much colour it is, it's the proportion yep. that's being used, all of these things will determine whether we feel the positive side of a colour or the adverse. Okay. And is it, and you're saying about, you know, it's a very physical colour and the, the um, you know, your heart rate going up. Is that to do with, like you said at the beginning, about the vibrations and the frequency the of the vibration? And then that affects our whole body. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, wavelengths. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because red, red is also the colour that looks like it's advancing towards us the quickest because of the okay. wavelengths, ah. which, is, which is why... Before they had speed cameras, the police used to think that red cars were actually always travelling faster. Wow. It's why when we see, when we're looking out, if there is any red, we will see red before anything else because the colour advances towards us, towards us quicker. Okay, yeah. yeah so all, every colour will have its properties and have its purpose and its, and its reason and its meaning. And okay. that will have a an effect on us that then affects our behavior. Yeah, and you describing it as the wavelength suddenly makes it make sense why that would be the case. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning though about gray, you know, a pure gray would be one of the few neutral colors. What, how does white fit in? How I would assume you would have said white is the neutral color. How, right. How does that work? <laughs> so let me bust a myth right here. Okay. There's no such thing as a neutral color. Okay. Because every color we are having an, an emotional response so it's never it's never um emotionally neutral so we are still having a response to white no one has ever really said what this neutral means it, it is a what can quite often happen is that someone could say something maybe in pr something in marketing or in a magazine start it starts somewhere and then when we hear something often enough we believe it to be true but every person I've said, okay, you just said the word neutral, what does it mean? Everybody either comes up with their own version or they don't know what it means. So yeah. there is, so, but psychologically, there's no such thing as a, uh, is it, that a colour that we don't have any response to. Okay. Now, with the black and white pure grey, 
um, even though I said there's no positive psychological qualities, some people might find, so I'll just say what they what what the what the adverse side is, but some people might say, but I think that's positive. So people obviously have that choice to say that. But what grey, grey actually hides the personality. Grey is a colour that allows us actually not to be seen. Okay. If we wear grey, we can easily pass through and and hide behind it and we're not as we're not noticeable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people wear grey to work. Um, obviously when we were in the office, um, <laughs> we're, we're grey to work because that means that they're not attracting attention to themselves. If okay. someone wore red to the office, everybody would notice that person. Yeah. But if you're wearing grey, you're slipping past. That's why a lot of the battleships and that were grey because they could be this huge hunk of metal on the, on the seas and they wouldn't be noticed. Yeah. You know, Amazing. as much. So um, there's a, it, it, it's a colour that also recedes. So mm-hmm. recedes as in not being seen. So that's, and some people might go, well, actually, wearing grey because I don't want to be seen, because I don't want people to notice me is a good, so some people might find that a good thing. But but we, we, but we do say that it doesn't have any, you know, any positive sort of well-being um, properties. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, and and already I'm thinking about my choices of colours in various situations and yeah, because well, we subconsciously. Do, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it, it's interesting you say that only that twenty percent we're conscious to, but the rest, what is just instinctive, well, I guess, isn't it? Well, we do it subconsciously, so we're not always consciously aware of the choices we make, but we're, we're, we're wearing colour. I, I found that we're wearing colour for three reasons. One, to support how we're feeling, to change how we're feeling, mm-hmm. or because how we want others to interact with us. Okay, very interesting. It could be a mix of those, but um, it will be yeah, one of those three or a mix. Okay. We just don't realise that's what we're doing, um, but that's what is happening when we're wearing colour. Okay, good stuff. Um, so can you give me, so that we can kind of contextualise it a bit more for people, can you give like one example of really good use of colour and one example of really bad use of colour, like in, in context for how they used it or thought they were going to use it and then actually got it wrong? So like in a business sense or a home yeah, sense? Yeah, or... I guess in any sense that, that kind of we can relate to, people can relate to, um... where they may not have necessarily um recognized or considered if they're not conscious of color psychology right but you don't want you're not asking me to give a brand name Uh, whatever whatever kind of comes to mind really i'm just trying i'm just trying to think um nothing really springs to mind it's more i think this would be an easy example and again it's it's and i'm just going to do it about clothing again because i think it's an easy example yeah if you're a kindergarten teacher and you're teaching children, just imagine if that teacher, even if, if we think back to when we were kids, could you imagine if your teacher turned up because you're there to play and have fun and learn and be curious and it's all that wonderful because that's what we do in, in um, I know you don't use the word kindergarten here, but I can't think of the, what do you um, call reception? Like, yeah, primary school or... Primary school yeah. or, yeah, when you're like... Nursery and, yeah. Could you imagine if your teacher turned up wearing all black? Mm. You would find them fierce, formidable, scary, you know, and then they're telling you to have fun, but you don't look like fun. It's 
we we instinct we do have uh, these this instinct. So this is like to me is a really good example of of wearing a colour that is not right for the context and is not going to support the people in that space in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But possibly in high school, if you wanted to come across as authoritative and no nonsense and you didn't want any talking back and you really wanted to be the, the, the authority, the unquestionable authority, not that that is a good way to be a teacher either, <laughs> um, but um, then black is the colour that you, you could possibly wear. Okay. But, but I don't think that's very good teaching either. Like a better okay. colour would be dark blue yeah. because you come across as authoritative and knowledgeable, but there is also the student also knows, oh, I can ask questions because I know that there is, because blue is the colour of communication and mm-hmm. the colour of the mind, so you're, you know that there is some room there to have a chat. But if they wore black, it is absolutely uncompromising and you'd probably be too scared to even ask a question. Okay. Well, it's yeah. why bouncers wear black. Mm. You do not question them and they look menacing and they look fierce. Yeah. And so that you will not, you know, uh, that you'll take them seriously. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so that's just a really easy example of yeah. There's never there's, there's never there's never such thing as the wrong color. It's mm-hmm. just whether it's used in the right context and it's the right actual color for for the response that you want to give. Okay. Yeah. And that's the same with what you wear. It's the same in the home. It's the same in the workplace. You know, this this whole thing in the seventies, the eighties, where everyone was working in all grey, and yet they were worried why they had. A lot of apps, you know, a lot of people were away ill. They would go on away days where everyone felt great because away days are typically in nature. So they've just been restored and uplifted and feel great. And then you put them back into grey again and they're wondering why. Because it's sapping their energy and it's making them tired and exhausted. Mm. Who ever thought grey was a, a way to get productivity and to, to be in any way supportive? So I don't mind playing, putting my, my stick in the sand for that one. Like, yep. I just don't know why. why like, who, who thought that was a good colour? But um, <laughs> it just shows that the wrong, the wrong colour, a colour in the wrong environment, in the wrong context can create really detrimental um, problems. Mm-hmm. So how, I guess, if, if a lot of it is kind of un, unconscious to us, uh, I guess do we a lot of the time we end up kind of choosing by default, don't we? Um, do you think a lot of kind of the poor choices come from lack of awareness, or is it more, uh, I, I guess, an assumption that you know wherever the assumption that grey was a good colour for work came from, and then it got put into practice, and long term actually you realise it's bad. I think we are. This is a big question, right? So I think we are very. Uh, we've been very influenced um as children we have this wonderful innate uh connection to color and we instinctively know what we like what we don't like we know what we're drawn to and then something happens where we are and quite and i have heard this quite often which is really sad is that i hear adults saying oh no no you don't like that color oh no you can't paint the sun purple because the sun's yellow we can't have you can't have orange grass no, you don't like that colour. No, no, this is this is the colours that I want you to wear. 
the more every time this is done, this is the child is has this thought that their own belief and their own instinct is not to be trusted. So as we get older, we lose trust in ourselves and we default to those around us. So we then as we're adults, we don't trust our own feelings anymore. We're worried what people think. So we look in magazines, we look what's on trends, we look what the neighbour has. Mm. You know, there was a paint company, there was one paint name that virtually everyone at dinner parties was talking about and then everyone thought, well, I better have that paint colour because everyone else has got it because it's a safe choice because if everyone else does it, it must be okay. Mm. We've We've lost this connection to trust what we like and what we love. There's also a uniform. So when we see a certain um, career or a certain um, industry type, if everyone else wears a colour, a certain colour, well, we should all wear that too because we have this innate, not instinct, this innate need to belong and to fit in. So that's why you find, especially when you're going into the City of London, everyone's wearing gray, everyone's wearing black, or they're wearing dark blue, mm-hmm. and they go crazy in their socks, right? But it's, <laughs> it's, it's these colors because they fit, because people feel that they fit in, they belong, because yeah. because bottom line is we, we, we want to be accepted. Yeah. And we do that by fitting in with color. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. interesting. So I've got I've got a fun question now that will be in contrast to your your uh, <laughs> to the black. These questions haven't been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been fun. Oh, well, a more lighthearted question. Okay, so you're saying about black, but our brand color at the Glass Whiteboard Company is a like this bright bold pink. To be very specific, it's Pantone two two seven. Right. As in a nutshell, what what does that mean? I know I know it's well, all contextual. Well, do you know what I should? What I need to do is see the pink. Um, uh, oh no, I haven't got any. It's it's not quite a, that, but it's a, a strong. Is it like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so quite would you that. call it? Would you call it a uh, a magenta pink? Yes, I think from a printing. I've heard a printer before say about it's like a really pure magenta type. Right. Thing, so how long have you had this color? I think it's always been this color about 10, I think when the company started, so about 10 years, and it probably was very around that early time. Oh, is that when, was that when lastminute.com and all those other companies started using this color? I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. I wasn't around that at that time. Yeah, because there was a time when brands started using this, using magenta pink because nobody else was using it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of brands will look for a colour that nobody else is using because they want to stand out. Okay. Because the magenta pink is like a lime green, is like a, yeah. <laughs> a red, like a lemon yellow. Uh, these are all colours that are really um, highly saturated mm. and they're loud. Yeah. So it's the equivalent of shouting. Going, <laughs> hey, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Because... What a lot of uh, companies were doing, um, or branding agencies or marketing agencies, they were saying, well, we need to stand out. So the idea is, why don't we use a really bright colour to stand out from the crowd? But Mm -hmm. what they don't realise were, A, they were potentially the equivalent of shouting. And it doesn't matter what colour you pick, 
is still giving a message. So while you're standing out and getting noticed, subconsciously we, we connect with the colour first. We are having an emotional experience and reaction to colour before anything else. Mm -hmm. So with any brand, so if we look at this magenta pink, I've already taken this in and subconsciously I'm already having an emotional experience with this colour. Then I start reading the text that's on the website or on the brochure. Mm -hmm. If those words and what those words are saying isn't giving the same message as what the colour is saying, I don't believe the brand. Okay. This is what yep. we do instinctively, but we don't say that. We just go, oh, the brand's not for me or there's something that doesn't feel right or I don't mm. get it or we just shrug our shoulders, yeah, you know, and then move on. Okay, okay, so interesting. So if you pick a colour just to stand for the sake of standing out, it, it may not be giving the message that you want your brand to say. And I, I've worked with many female, like many women that have their own business, and they were actually saying to me, uh, I've got no idea why I'm attracting the kind of clients I am, but they're not the ones I want. And I said, well, let me look at your brand colours and your message. And I said, well, actually, because your brand, but it's exactly what your brand is saying. Yeah. So they didn't realise that subconsciously their brand was saying something. Now, I can't say anything about this colour and your brand because I don't know why mm. it was picked. I don't know yeah. the brand ethos. I don't know the brand values, the brand personality. Yeah. Um, but I do know 10 years ago or longer that this just was a very popular colour. Even T-Mobile, okay. I think, had the pink all of these brands started turning up. I even saw an accounting firm turning up with this thing. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking, ah, oh, yeah, because all you're going to end up doing, because imagine if everyone turned to bright colours, everyone's just shouting, look at me, look at me. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. So it's an interesting, like, whatever, you know, be it pink or another colour, interesting that whatever, if you go for a very strong colour, you've got to make sure by the sounds of it, it absolutely aligns with your values and what well, you're saying. Even a, even a soft colour, even if you go with okay. grey, any mm. colour that you go with, this message, this conscious and this subconscious message must be in alignment. Yeah. Because when it's in alignment, we, go, we, 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 we get, we understand because this is the perfect, this is the perfect harmony. Then it, then it is up for us as the potential client to say, oh, this brand gets me. I, uh, this brand understands me. This is exactly who I'm looking for. And then you've got a warm lead. Mm. You do not want your message to be convoluted because no one's going to sit and take the time to try and work you out, especially mm. if they've not met, met you as a brand before. Yeah. They'll just go, oh, this isn't for me and I'll go and find someone else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Very, yeah. very kind of, um, like you said, right at the core of branding. So, think, so, yeah, go and ask your CEO or your brand, whoever owns your business. Who, what, uh, who came what, up with yeah, the colour and where was, it came from. Yeah, I'll yeah, report back. There'll be a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, good stuff. Uh, so, um, kind of something the team get asked quite a lot was around describing a colour. And we came up against it when I said, oh, we're, our brand colour is a bright pink. And you said, and we were kind of, we're trying to do it over video, of course, and I'm, I'm holding up post-it notes. You've got something there. And, and obviously, the, the, how light it is in your room, how light it is in mine, the quality of the camera is all affecting it. So, and, and that's something they often have to do is describe a colour. But it's, mm. it's completely, a colours, you can't describe it in words, but they often have to. But have you got any tips for how you describe colour? 
<laughs> no. Do you know, your head. is, that, I mean, there are some colours that are quite universal in a name. So if you said mustard yellow, mm -hmm. we can see a mustard yellow. Um, if we say... Um, royal blue. Obviously black or royal bl That's blue. Or if we say lime green. Yeah. Um, there are, like a magenta pink, um, there are some colours that we, uh, like a rust red or a burnt orange. Yeah, we, 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 we these colours have a, have a very distinctive, there's a very distinctive hue to that. And is but, that just because they've been used a lot? You know, a pillar yeah, box red, we, we all yeah. know what a post box looks like. The, yeah, and we're red. very familiar. So yeah. it's... Um, but someone was saying to me the other day, aqua blue. And I'm just thinking, but aqua is green. Like, what is aqua blue? And yeah. um, and then someone else was, you know, sort of, you know, as soon as they were describing, you know, all these different names and because any paint company or any one that creates a colour could call it Donald Duck and <laughs> I've got no idea what that colour is. Yeah. You know, my... What is teal? What is teal? Mm. What's a teal blue? It's, you know, what's a greeny? It's a it's a bluey green. But mm. what is in my mind and what is in your mind and how we the color we see will be different. Yeah. My apple green is different to your apple green. Mm -hmm. okay. And this is um, there. There is a there is a profession that's called color management, and these people spend their whole career so they'll work for maybe a big department store or they'll even maybe work for your company and they will they will have the colors of the t-shirt of the of the vase or whatever whatever it is they're making and then they will create a color recipe mm -hmm. because it's the recipe that they hand over to the manufacturer okay. not the not a name because if i say i would like a lilac purple when I get it back, I'm like, that's not lilac. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, well, yes, it is. No, it's not my lilac. This is uh, one of the biggest challenges that any company that works with colour and has to get the colour manufactured will have. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it is, uh, that's why they have samples and they send out colour samples because this is the only way that mm -hmm. someone has to stand there and even when I'm looking in my light at the sample that you've shown me, I can still go, it's not the colour I thought it was going to be because the latitude, you know, where, where you are, are you north-facing, south-facing, what hemisphere are you in, wow. um, what time of day it is, are you, in, are you in the blue light of the UK, are you in the yellow light, the warm yellow light in south of France or Italy? This will all change the colour that we're looking at. Wow. <laughs> colour, yeah, it's a, it's a... You've taken on a, um, a beast of a, of a topic it's a really beast. to try it's a, and... Um, it is grasp. absolutely, <laughs> it is a moving, it's a moving thing. And, you know, I always have this debate, what is more important, colour or light? And without mm. light, we would not see colour. But then there is a debate of colour, is it, is it, the colour isn't constant, because it because it shifts in light, or is it or is it the color is constant, but it's the light that makes it shift. Ah, uh, so, okay. 
big, yeah. <laughs> when, when you get people together and we have these big debates, and I usually just sit back and laugh because I just, I just love watching everyone putting in their two, their two cents worth. You know, it's, it's um, they're brilliant discussions. <laughs> yeah, big. We're, we're getting very deep. I think that's that's what I like. Is it's color? Like you said, you start by saying colors every day. It's everywhere around us, yet so scientific if we're, if we're looking from light and color and, and how they interact and how they affect emotions it's a super in-depth topic which um which is why i like it and i'm looking forward to very much these discussions because i'm sure they're going to get only get deeper and more interesting oh, fabulous. <laughs> um okay I, a few more kind of questions i guess really in terms of supporting kind of clients with color and everything so you know often kind of clients people might struggle but choosing between two colors two colors that they they like both of them and assuming they were both equally suitable how how do we choose between when we just can't decide like we all have those days don't we where we just can't decide between the you know the two options how, how what would your advice be in that situation i know it's a very big question yes so for choosing, a for a, choosing you mean a client a client yeah. wanting to choose. Yeah, for them choosing themselves. I always, I never start with colour. Mm -hmm. You know you know that movie Fight Club, the first yeah. rule about Fight Club, you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> so the first, I always say the first rule about colour, and this is what I teach my students, is you don't talk about colour. Okay. Because as soon as you do that, you go down this emotional rabbit hole you will not come out of because it's, oh, I like that colour because I was on holidays and I remember that, but, oh, I don't like that colour because it was my school uniform. And before you know it, they're just down this big rabbit hole. So I always start from the, okay, let me say that word, perspective of <laughs> um, how is it that you want to feel in the space? Okay. What? Because people are going to be looking at this board. So... Are you wanting them to pay attention? Are you wanting them to blue sky think? Is it is it a fun brainstorming? How what 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 is the purpose? What is the space being used for? Do you even really want the colour to be the centre of attention, or is it something you want it to be more subtle? Because there's something else going on in the space that really is. Um, has a lot of colour because what you don't want to do is go into a space, especially if it's for a work in a meeting, where there is so much colour competing that you feel overwhelmed and your job of coming up with something creative or you having to focus and concentrate, you can't do it. Okay. So always look at how the space is being used. What is the purpose? What 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 is the positive behaviours? How what's the best for productivity and how do you get the best out of the people in the space? And then you look at, okay, what is the colour that is likely to help support that? Okay. Now, of course, you're going to say, well, which colour is it? But there is a colour for every emotion and there's, mm. you know, and every emotion will be, be supported by a colour. So, you know, this might, this, I think this would be a piece for another, another um, podcast where we look at, look at you know some high level um positive and adverse traits of mm -hmm. of some of the colors yeah but um my big thing is don't just you don't use color for color's sake use it intelligently so if a more subtle very muted uh, or very very soft light blue is the best thing that you feel because you want people to blue sky think and you want them to be able to look at the board a long time because if you make a board that's red it's going to cause eye fatigue and people are going to become very, very, likely become very restless and very agitated. Okay. Because, especially if they're in there for a long time. 
if it's a scrum meeting, so a scrum like in Agile, where it's mm. very quick, stand up, 15 minutes, in and out, you want people to go, 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 um, you might want, gosh, even then, having read on the board, my God, that would be, like, see, to me, I, I already feel overwhelmed. Okay. <laughs> I already feel overwhelmed even just thinking about it because I just think, could I actually look at a red board? I don't think I could. But for some people, because it might be the sales team, it might be the marketing team where it's really high energy and it's the 9 o'clock high energy, they might think that's the perfect thing or they might think yellow is the perfect because it just really lifts their energy and they mm. really want that quick dynamic. Yeah. But for others, they just go, my gosh, that's the worst thing possible because it will just put everyone on edge. It will make everyone irritated and we're not getting any productivity out of them. Mm. So people can actually instinctively, I think, feel this. Okay. Okay. I guess that leads quite nicely into my next question because we were talking, you know, initially it was choosing between a colour based on a space, but, you know, I assume... Uh, colour preferences are heavily down to personal opinion. Like, why do individuals tend to like a colour over another? Is it, because you, you mentioned kind of before about, you know, oh, I, that reminds me of mm. a holiday or is it is it association with past experiences and memories or is there something deeper to it, would you say? Yeah, so um, there's three ways that we relate to colour. Um, and that's in my in my research that I've done. Um, and I, whenever I do any research, I then just go and spend the rest of my life trying to break it. So I've been looking to break this particular one for the last 10, 15 years. So, um, you know, I love, I love coming up with theories and then trying and then breaking them. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about yeah, totally. it right. It's about proving it wrong. Yeah. Um, because that's how you make things better. Yeah. So, um, so the three think ways that we relate to color. So what we just said then is personal uh, colour, it's called personal colour association. So it's linked to a memory, it's linked to an event where we attach the colour to something that happened in, to us in our own life. And that can be a good memory or a bad memory. And it could be a colour that we absolutely love because it was a positive memory or a colour that we can't stand because it reminds us of something we don't want to remember. But we've attached it to the colour and we've made the colour either right or made the colour wrong. Mm. Okay. Then the next one is called colouring culture. And this is where a tribal elder, religious leader, um, in China like the emperor, royalty, um, society has made given colour a meaning. And because we have heard it long enough mm -hmm. and we've been told it enough, we believe it to be true. So red for instance, is good luck in China. Yeah. Uh, green, good luck in um, in Ireland. Purple is the colour that women wear in Thailand when they're mourning their husband, but for anybody else, they wear black. Um, pink for girls, blue for boys. Complete myth. Not mm. true. Not true. But that was from a marketing campaign in the 1940s. Wow. But because we believe we hear it enough, when we hear something enough times at first we will go what a load of rubbish but we keep hearing keep hearing it and then we believe it to be true okay and then it becomes so in our psyche that we don't actually re even remember where it came from that's coloring culture so colors um personal color association and color and culture these two things are more conscious 
Okay, so they're, and they're more, let's say, man-made, you know, whereas colour psychology is more on the, happens more on the subconscious. So we don't realise this is happening. But the fact that red is stimulating is, is it's a universal, it, it's, it is universal. Okay. So blue, the colour of the mind, yellow connecting to our nervous system, you know, all of these things and all these colours this is universal, but what happens above that is that our cultural belief will will override that, or our own personal uh, association mm. will, will will typically override it. Doesn't mean we're still not having a physical response to red. Yeah, we are still having a physically stimulating response, but we will go, "Oh, I love red because it makes me happy because of a memory," but it's still it's still uh, physically stimulating. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so many layers. What, yeah, what, yeah. what would you say is roughly the percentage that we get swayed by? You said the three elements. Can you group them of what, what would you say is more significant or is it just a mix um, of the individual? When I, yeah, when I um, speak to my clients, when I speak to people, probably um, the most common one that they're conscious of is the personal colour association. Mm-hmm. But when I get them to go a little bit deeper and have a look into that, it's it is it is typically tied with the psychology as well. Yeah. It's not that it's one of these three; it could be two, and if it is two, it will tip the second one, or the the pairing will usually be the psychology. Okay. They just don't always um, that conscious of how it makes it feel, but they are very conscious of a memory. Mm. But I think different cultures. So if I went into China, if I went to India. There'll be different cultures where I would see a much higher proportion of a cultural um, uh, preference to a colour because of what it means in that culture. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Good stuff. Right. Um, I'm going to conclude now with um, five quick fire questions. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to try and think of each time. I'll have to try and think of some more, more in depth ones. But these ones. Well, are- me, me being quick. That's that's why I laugh because I thought, oh god, here's here's a challenge. <laughs> Uh, well, this might be your hardest question. Uh, <laughs> favorite color? <laughs> oh, easy, orange. Oh, the really? Orange, the orange of a marigold is my favorite color. Yep. Okay. Okay. I thought you were gonna like have different ones depending on different situations. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, for people listening, what color are you wearing right now? I am actually wearing a very soft uh, brown because uh, I've had a really hectic day and I just need to. I just, I just need to rest. So this is actually very grounding for me. I normally, okay. I'm normally wearing like yellow or something, but today, as you can see, it's a very soft. Mm. It's like a fawn colour, I guess, how I describe personally. But fawn. <laughs> See, there you go. And I was like, what's fawn? Yeah, yeah exactly. I um, was going to say, I was going to say camel, but God, here we go. <laughs> that's, yeah, 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 yeah. We should play that as a game. We play a quiz of like, can we guess the, the right colour? Um, <laughs> And you've made me think of another colour, another question um, off the back of it. As a result of, like you said, knowing the effect that the different colours have on you and if either you want to change how you feel or in response to, do you get have multiple costume changes throughout your day in order, depending how you feel? <laughs> no, I... Look, I'm, I'm, I'm human as everyone else. Right? I, don't, I'm not, I don't sit there and analyse everything, but I'll just throw on whatever I throw on. And then, yeah. But it will be sometime during the day, like you now asking me this, uh, what I'm wearing now, It all whenever I stop and think, 
wonder why I did choose this. And I think, oh, that's why I chose it. Mm. So we do innately, but we have to have the colours in our wardrobe because most, yeah. a lot of women, right, they do say to me, this is the short answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> they open up their wardrobe and they say, I've got a wardrobe full of clothes and I've got nothing to wear. But what mm. they're typically saying is, usually all the color, it's usually all one colour or only two or three colours, how they want to feel or, or, or how they, or supporting how they're feeling, basically what they're saying is the colour energy, the emotion isn't there in their wardrobe. Oh, very Whereas I have lots of colours, a yeah. range of colours, soothing, soft colours to more intense and more vibrant colours. And so I, I'm thinking, oh, I'll just wear that because it's clean, right? But I've still picked it. Mm. And then sometime during the day, I'll stop and think, oh, now I know why I've worn it. Mm. So, yeah, we do it. We do it instinctively. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, you could analyse how you're, you know, you don't need to write a diary. You just look at your colours for the day. Yeah. <laughs> look, our, we are communicating all the time by mm. the colours we're choosing to wear. All of the time. We just don't realise it nice okay uh right next question what would you what's your favorite color name so you know we said fawn we said camel there's some bizarre names out there what is your personal favorite name I've not color never name been asked <laughs> this question um i don't i kind of like the bonkers names i did um i did like the name elephant's breath because it was just so ridiculous <laughs> But it was a grey. Farron Ball did that as a colour. Okay. But yeah. I just I loved it because it was such a a bonkers name. And I I it's and Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen had a whole paint range out, and every single one of the colours were as crazy as him. Um, you know, as offbeat. And I just loved them, but I can't remember any of them now. But they were just really really funny names. <laughs> and. If anyone is listening, my dream job would be to paint, would be, be to name paint colours. Because <laughs> yeah. I would just pick completely bonkers ones because I think um, you can have so much fun because they're so emotionally tied, right? Mm. So a beautiful soft yellow, if it's called Buttercup, everyone just goes, oh, my God, that's a beautiful colour. If it's mm. called Magnolia. <laughs> Washing up, Yeah. Yeah, but it's also the colour that was used in every single rental property and Magnolia has such a bad name, but mm. call it something else and it sells. Yeah. So the emotional attachment to a colour name can make or break a colour actually selling. Okay. Okay. So yeah. the, the name can kind of sometimes trump the emotional one because of all the other elements of, like you said, how we associate with colour. So, yeah, because we'll... Mm. But, but, it is, but it's, it is everything tied in together. I mean, Perrinball did one called Dead Salmon as well, which I just loved. Uh, and it, it was a great seller. But I think it has to sell to the target market, who, mm -hmm. who your target market is, because, okay. you know, you, if you're selling to a different demographic, that might never work. So okay. it does have to tie in with, with who you're selling to because they mm -hmm. have to get what you're doing. Okay. Um, yeah, the, oh. the, the, bonk, the more bonkers the better for me. <laughs> that, but that's only my personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so my, my last two questions then um, are just around if you were to describe how you're feeling now as a colour, and if you were to describe me right now as a colour, what colour would you pick? Oh my god. Not thinking too much. They're brilliant questions. They're brilliant questions. So even though I'm wearing um, this camel brown, soft camel brown, um, I, I am 
I am an orange person. Like I am playful. I am mischievous. I am, um, yeah, I am that kind of naughty child. Um, shouldn't really be saying that professionally, should I? In my, in my, in my private life. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, that's why I love orange. I love that whole playfulness. Um, if I was to, well, but wouldn't you describe yourself as a colour? Your, your definitely, your, your energy is definitely softer than mine. You're, okay. You're not as um, demonstrative, and your, your energy is an external as mine. So mm -hmm. I would, I would think that your colour is a more softer. Okay. But not too soft. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I automatically go for like that jadey green would be my default, but I don't know whether that would be to describe me. But like you were saying about your, our relationships with colours, that's yeah. the colour that I like. And yeah. But I don't think it's me we, necessarily. Yeah, we can also pick a colour because of how we want to be um, mm. or, or who we would like to be or how we like to be seen. So um, just the same as we wear whatever clothes we wear or however we show up, it's... Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always really who we are, mm. but yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm orange. Orange, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm orange. <laughs> Good stuff. Right. Well, it's been absolutely awesome chatting. If people want oh. to find out more about you and kind of all your work and the the we you know we've only scratched the surface. We've been chatting for ages, and I'm sure there's yeah so much more. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so I have um, a book out that's called The Little Book of Colour, and this yep. is actually being translated into 13 languages. So this is going worldwide, and this book is for the everyday person, and it's a really, really good introduction and a really good start to colour and colour psychology. Awesome. Um, but I yeah, also have a website, um, my name, which, as we know, is not spelt as it's pronounced, <laughs> but Karen, uk. Um, but if someone types in applied colour psychology and types in my name, Karen, I'm I'm pretty much all over the place. So awesome. um, they'll, yeah, they'll find me. They'll find me. Karen spelt like Karen, but pronounced like Karen. And Huller spelt, right. spelt like Haller, H-A-L-L-E-R, but pronounced Huller, <laughs> which I learned. Yeah, when you have European parents, I tell you what, yeah, your name's not straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It's been absolutely um, really lovely chatting. And oh, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for asking me such fun, different questions. It's been oh, great. Thank don't you. worry, I'm going to be working on lots more. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. And um, yeah, I look forward to our next chat. Thanks. Yes, until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>